everybody. Welcome to episode 33 of Opposites React. I'm uh, Today is Wednesday, September the 9th. <laughs> I am Tyler and here with Sarah, of course. Heyo. Hope everybody's doing great out there. And uh, well, as promised last week, I think the main focus of today's podcast, I'm going to state it up front, I'm going to state it a couple more times before I get into it, just for anyone to, to dip out in case they don't want to hear any spoilers but there will, it will be probably a, a pretty heavy, heavy discussion on on the new film tenet that just came out this will be a spoiler discussion um and i'll give you a couple more warnings about that before i get into it but that'll be the main focus today but as usual we'll start with our um you know catching up on what we've been up to for the last week since we've last spoken to you guys uh well not much new really i mean what do you think? You, you have anything special on the go that you were playing or go? watching? Well, and anything you've done last week, watched or played. Uh, so remember last week when I said, haha, I'm going to play it and start and beat a game? Yes, I remember. I played and started to beat a game. Which game was it? <laughs> I played Evoland 1. <laughs> and what is that? I have no idea what that is. It's, oh. um, it's a retro throwback. I don't even. It's a, a love letter to, I would say, Final Fantasy and Legend of Zelda. So I'm trying to picture. So gameplay wise, what is it? It's, it's a, very interesting. Okay. It has a very cool concept where you start the game and you look as if you're like eight bit Zelda, like the original Legend of Zelda, and with no color or anything. And then throughout the game, like even almost all the way to the end, you unlock different art styles. Like you progressively go through the ages. Like you unlock different music styles, and you get eventually get like 16-bit graphics and then you eventually get like the isometric view uh, and through the game you're either doing turn-based battles or you're doing um, like Zelda action I don't even know what you'd call that but yeah it was it was short and sweet was this a, a Nintendo Switch game no, this was, or, uh, oh. I got it on PS4 oh PS4 okay so it's so it's like an indie game indie developed or yeah it's been on PC since I think 2013 Oh, so it's not, it's not a new game. No, it, yeah. I think it came out just last year on PS4, though. It's probably why I picked it up. I right, and when you say short, were we talking a couple hours here? It was, it was three hours. Three hours? Yeah. What Plus was your, a few trophies. What's your final verdict on it? Um, I liked the concept, but uh, it was so highly referential. You can put a check mark in the Skyrim reference of... Took an arrow to the knee because that was in here. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> well, at the time it came, it came on 2013. Yes, that makes sense. It was exactly. culturally relevant. So. <laughs> uh, and every character was a riff on um, a Final Fantasy VII character. Okay. Like you had to get Claude's sword, mm. and uh, you had Sid, but he was spelled S I D. Right. Yeah. And uh, Zephyrus was the oh, bad guy. Okay. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. And uh, Karis, I think, was mm. the uh, the girl that you hung out with, That's and then cool. she died. Okay, I see where you're coming from. So it was, it was a little too referential, <laughs> and the writing was just not good. So um, and it crashed. Oh, it crashed too. Yeah. yeah. So I lost a little bit of progress there, but otherwise it was, it was. I, there's a number two, and that also came in the package on PS4. I didn't realize that until I booted it up. <laughs> but uh, I will probably dive into that and see if it changed since I have this one so fresh in my memory. <laughs> yes. Um, pretty much the only new thing I've sort of dabbled in. When I say dabbled, I mean for maybe like a total of an hour and a half so far. But uh, I did start up a file on Paper Mario: The Origami King. Mm, how's that? It's really cute so far. I like it. I mean, I've played <clears throat> in some capacity. I've played almost all the Paper Marios except for the Sticker Star one that you've played recently. Don't do that. No, but I play all the other ones a little bit. You um, have not played Super Paper I, Super I, Mario RPG. I uh, I didn't play I didn't play Color Splash either. But everyone else, I've I yeah. You played very, the good ones. 
Yeah, like the N64 <laughs> GameCube ones. I played yeah. those ones. Uh, but anyways, so yeah, I know I know what the concept is like. Now I know this one. They I remember reading the reviews and stuff when it came out. They did change the battle system in this one. Um, yes. I'm not even gonna try and describe it, uh, but it is very different. It's strategic. It, it's, yeah, it's still sort of a turn-based thing, but it's not the same format as you're used to in the other Paper Mario games. But yeah, it's, I mean, again, I'm so early on. I'm sure it's gonna get much more in depth and more complicated as it goes on. But for now, the, the way they introduce the system is, is it's very like they they hold your hand. The tutorials are very easy to understand, and uh, yeah, the beginning. I mean, it's cute. I like the art style of the game. I like the um, but I, 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 it was funny because I I know Lucas like our son is farther than me in the game. He's probably a few hours in. Um, so when I talked to him about it the other day, I said, hey, do you remember that part? Um, you know, like an hour into the game where you come across this tree stump in a forest and then you sort of revitalize him with a magic seed and then he, he, he grows again and then he does like this happy dance song. Yeah. And it was really cute. It was just like, even with like, like there was, I think there was lyrics. Like there was definitely yeah, music. There was, was. Yeah. It wasn't like voice acted, but there was like lyrics for the song in the game and it was, I don't know, it was, it was really cute. And I remember like once the game, when the game came out, that was all over my Twitter with was my it? scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so no, so like, yeah, it's those games are always charming. Um, I'm gonna stick with it for a couple more hours probably and just see if I if it still holds my interest. Um, just kind of think I can just play in bed tonight for like an hour or so, you know. But uh, that's funny. That's funny. I know we know we talked about talked about this the other day, but on the topic of Nintendo Switch, I think I saw that. I don't think it's confirmed yet, but there was a sort of a rumor or a leak that maybe Apex Legends was, was coming to Switch later this month mm. and I'm like, like I'm intrigued to play something like that in bed but I will not be playing on those Joy-Cons I just I can't you those joysticks are not well both of our left Joy-Cons are broken so. I know but again not talking specifically about our controllers I know, I but then in you're general. not playing in bed what? because well, we're no. going to play in bed <laughs> I'm just saying even if I had a brand new Switch I would not be playing Apex Legends in bed because I just don't you feel like those Joy-Cons are yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking about the system throw across the room um, wonderful yeah exactly but I mean, it's good that they're opening up another avenue for people that, I mean, I don't know what audience is there for like people that have, most people that have a switch, I have to think already have either an Xbox or PS4 or PC to play Apex on. I don't think most people are buying a switch like for Apex. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's not going to be your only system in most cases. And if you are a kid in this case, whose parents only gave them a switch, I don't know. I just don't think, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it plays on it. I don't know. Or, isn't Fortnite pretty big on it? So I can see that. Yeah, too. yeah. But Fortnite, I think, is more aimed towards kids, just with the art style and the, the the YouTube personalities and stuff for that game. But um, you're saying Apex is so much more hardcore. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to make it sound like Call of Duty or anything. But it's just, I don't know. I think at this point, honestly, trying to get into Apex as a new player right now would be oh, a little, it's, it'd be a little daunting. Yeah, like, there's just you know. I'm so glad I got in on on the day one, day one on the ground floor, and I've stuck with it, so I can just keep back, keep up with all the map changes and the all the patches and you know updates every season. Yeah, I'm curious. Like, I assume all the uh, all the legends will be available at launch for Switch. Yeah, I would think so. But then, like, it, do you have to buy them or? Do well, yeah, have... exactly. Well, because yeah, you can either you know, there's two ways. All you can always unlock them in the game. You can unlock them with that the red currency yeah. that you earn by by just leveling up normally. But you need a lot of that early on to unlo- unlock characters. Like I think probably without buying, like I think to buy a character outright is probably like, um, what is it, seven or eight bucks of, of like if you're spending actual money. Uh, in the game, it would probably take you about twenty XP levels to get enough red currency to buy a character. So, I mean, twenty levels is maybe a couple of weeks for someone who plays every day, but yeah, still, I mean, if you want to unlock all the characters, then you're and without spending any real money, then you're talking about playing for yeah, a few months without to unlock everybody, right? So, is every level the same amount of experience to earn? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. I'm trying to remember that. I know the only thing they changed is that, like, I think so what, for, the, for the first 100 levels, like, from 0 to 100 XP level, you get, I think you get an Apex pack every level. But then past that, from, like, 100 to 500, I think it's every 
two or three levels. I don't remember the, the range, but anyway. Um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm still playing Apex. I don't really have anything else to report on that front right now. I do have a little bit of MLB news. I mean, you know about this already. I told you the other day, but I was happy to say on MLB The Show, I finally checked another marker off the list is that I was able to... I, I, was, kind of, I was kind of sitting on a surplus of stubs for the last month or so, just from doing missions and programs and selling cards I don't use anymore. Uh, you know, I built up like a couple hundred thousand stubs and I knew that I needed probably around 300 or so to finish off the live collection, the live collection, like the live series collections. I don't need it. There's only three more like gate, the big gatekeeper cards I needed to finish for the American league. I needed the, the Garrett Cole from the Yankees, the Justin Verlander from Houston and the Mike Trout live series from the angels. Now, Garrett Cole recently got downgraded from, uh, I think he was a 91 before to an 89. And oh. that, that hit, took a huge hit on his price because he was going for That's like... That's diamond, though. Oh, I know, but when you go... There's, there's there's a range, though. Between 85 to 89, the way the way some of the packs are, like... It's more like, available, I would say. Yeah, like... Wh- like nine, the, 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 the threshold's always been 90 above diamond. Go for a lot more than the guys that are 89 to 85, right? So... Uh, so in this case, because Yoko got downgraded from 91 to 89, he might have been 92 before, I don't remember what he was, but he got downgraded to 89, and, um, he went from, like, 145 to, like, 67. Oof. So I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of doable for me now, because mm-hmm. before I was like, there's no way I'm going to pay, I don't, I don't want to pay that much for a pitcher I'm never going to use, mm-hmm. because, I mean, I have every other pitcher I have in my game right now is, like, a 99 or 98, mm-hmm. so, but, uh, so I got him, and then, uh, and then I got the, and then I got like, even Trout. I mean, again, the reason why Trout's live series value has gone down so much because they came out with that other ninety-nine Trout the card, trout. the better <laughs> Trout, and like the uh, the in-game collection sort of um, program they have. So with live series Trout is down to like one forty-five, oh, which is beautiful. crazy. It's like it's like half what it used to be at like yeah. you know a couple months ago. So so I got the Trout and the Cole, and then I'm like okay, I still needed to get like I don't know sixty thousand more stubs or so to get the Verlander. So I sold one of my other cards for like fifty k, and then I spent like you know, 20 bucks on my credit card to just finish off the other. I'm like, I'm like, I want to get him you now would. because you know what, you know what's going to happen if I don't get him now, they're going to like upgrade him in the next roster update. And he's going to go back up to like, he's been doing good. Like, well, I don't know, but I, I don't, I haven't been following him enough. I, I think he'd probably stay the same from what I've heard, but I just don't want to take a chance. I'm like, let me just finish it now for an extra 20 bucks. I don't care. <laughs> so I'm happy to say I got it. So I, I finished the collection. So I got the, the, the in-game card is like the Mickey Mantle, the 99 Mickey Mantle card. That card is, do you use that? Would I use it? You mean like I mean? Yeah, I was, yeah. do you? I haven't use used them yet. I just unlocked them yesterday. But oh. he 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 has an in-game card. Like even with all the other, like, he was he was available day one. Like if you wanted oh, to spend, if you want to if you want if you if you want to spend a thousand dollars on day yeah. one and unlock all the cards, you can get Mickey Mantle right away. And he's yeah. still in most people's lineups. Like he's in every ranked lineup I see. Mm. Like I know I know Kevin, the YouTube guy we watch, he uses them all the time. So yeah, <laughs> my, my 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 outfield will basically be because I'm also very close to. I think probably. By next week, I'm going to unlock that other 99 Trout. So I just had to grind a few more franchise cards to get that done. But uh, so my, my end game outfield is going to be like that Mickey Mantle, the 99 Trout, and the third one will probably be either. I don't know. I got options. I mean, I'm still trying to unlock that Babe Ruth one too. Oh, right. There's so many, actually, so many outfield cards in that game. It's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, so I'm glad that game's, I mean, that game's still putting out crazy amount of content, right? Mm-hmm. I'm actually really doing really good so far on this. Eighth inning pro, eighth, yeah, eighth inning program. I'm already at like 230 stars. Better so, than you stressing out about the last one. Yeah, exactly. Getting the getting the show down out of the way early is mm-hmm. such a, a just relief. A relief yeah. to not have to worry about grinding out of that out at the end. But anyways, yeah. So I'll I'll leave that for now. Um, let's get into the main topic. You go right ahead. Oh yeah. I'm I know you have no input on sorry. this. Well, yes and no. I I am going to talk spoilers here. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about the whole plot from from A to Z. You know what I mean? Like I'm <laughs> I'm just gonna talk about some specific. Talking aspects things? of the plot that I liked or action scenes that I liked. Mm. 
I mean, to be honest, when I talk about the action scenes, most of them talk about it's already been revealed in the trailers. Have you seen any of the behind the scenes stuff? I'm not, you know, really dissecting these scenes. Um, <clears throat> but so as most people probably remember, right? So I saw this, I guess it would have been, was it last 26th, week? 26th. And then you saw it on Monday. So like a week and a half ago. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I saw it on the 26th. Two weeks ago. Yes, two weeks ago. I saw it two weeks ago when it came out here in Canada on, on the 26th of August. <clears throat> Went to the opening night showing. Um, as I mentioned, I, I think I briefly talked about it without spoilers before. I just mm-hmm. said it was like it was amazing. I mean, the sound was ridiculous. The the visual, like, I, I was just blown away by the film, right? So going to see it now a second time. I saw it in the exact same theater, mm-hmm. like same screen, same exact, pretty much almost the same seats I was sitting in last time. <laughs> so, but this time definitely they changed up the audio mix. Um, I don't know if that was like Cineplex's decision or if they got, you know, <clears throat> some sort of an updated. I don't even know how like movies work nowadays anymore. I, I keep thinking of back in the old days when like a projectionist would actually put a movie reel on and just like the thing would like nowadays it's got to be all it's digital, digital, right? It's all yes, digital. It is. That's how like that's how they they can put in like new trailers and stuff right away because they just upload a new file. Yeah. So I imagine it's same for I'm like. Pretty sure they have patch notes for movies now too. So exactly. So some, I, wait, something recently had a patch uh, note. Uh, it was um, wasn't it Cats because of yeah, the CGI or whatever? Yeah. The yeah. Fur. <clears throat> but um, so for this one, yeah, the audio mix was definitely different in this case. And Did diff- it make it more understandable, though? Yes. So okay. the dialogue was definitely more legible. Uh, so that like, I don't legible. know, because well, the, the audible the, maybe. Yeah, sorry, uh, more audible. <laughs> um, the um, yeah, the first time I saw it, I mean, the score is so overpowering in some scenes. And again, I know that's by design, by mm-hmm. Nolan's design. But yeah, in this case, they definitely toned down. Probably the bass was definitely toned down because my seat wasn't shaking as much. Uh, <laughs> And, and all the dialogue, like you said, was a lot easier to understand. So, yeah, I would say, you know, again, I mean, for me, too, like, obviously, this is my second viewing. So I was able to focus more on certain scenes of dialogue closer, like, the, because I already knew what was going to happen. I wasn't focusing too much on, like, trying to think too hard about what the next part of the plot's going to be. I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to this. I still, my, my biggest annoyance of the film is, even with the, the audio sounding better this time, towards the end, when the, the, the antagonist, like, the, the Kenneth Branagh villain is having a... A conversation over a walkie-talkie with our protagonist uh, about like is this like this is, like towards the end of the movie when it's like almost like this it's the final action climax right and they're having this discussion um, through different timelines over walkie-talkies but the score is still just so loud in this case you can't really and and the villain is talking so softly you can't really hear what he's saying I could pick it up but I feel like that scene should have way more emphasis because what he's talking about too is just like. Like, there's a hint dropped in there about why this is all happening anyways, like, why the future is trying to change the past, and it's just kind of buried in there under all this inaudible sound, and it just, I, I think I think that's a shame, because that moment, that part of the movie should have really stuck the stuck the landing, but um, it didn't, but that's okay. I mean, that's one minor complaint I have in this film. I mean, still, seeing it for the second time, like I said, I, I don't know if I gave it a rating last time, I, like, I mean, on, on, on this podcast. I mean, when I talked to you off the record, I think I told you it was probably like an 8 out of 10 for me my, on my first viewing. This time, it's definitely a 10 out of 10. And next so viewing does, next viewing would probably be an 11 out of 10. So does that make it your favorite <laughs> Nolan film, though? It's that close. Means prestige has it's to close. be like 11 out of 10 already. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, this, is, this is definitely... 10 now is definitely in my top three. I'm shuffling them in my, around in my head. It's in my top three with Inception and the Prestige. Inception. Yeah, Inception is still an amazing film. It's not rewatchable. It is rewatchable. Oh man. Okay, but anyways, going back to Tenet. So, um, now I, I've 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 uh, shown you a few examples on YouTube of the score. I let you listen to a few of the tracks. Yeah, it was amazing. It is cool. Now the tra- the thing about the score though is, 
I can't think of a film in recent memory where the score accompanies some of these action scenes so perfectly. Uh, you know, like a lot of other movies, I like the, I like the score. I could listen to the score anytime, like even outside of the film, like on YouTube or something. In this case, I don't think I would really listen to the Tenet soundtrack outside really? of the film. I mean, because I didn't watch the film and yeah. listen to the soundtrack. It's not good. The soundtrack. But it's just there's something about like when I because when I hear those when I hear the soundtrack when I show it to you on YouTube, I'm picturing the scene in my head that, yeah, it, that it accompanies, right? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, like that fits perfectly. And like, listen, listening to it on its own, it's a good piece of music, but there's just something about, I don't know what it is, how, like, the, the score in Inception, for example, is fine. Like, Hans never I did a great job. But though. yeah, you wouldn't, right? And it, and honestly, I don't really remember the sound. I don't, I don't, um, what you, what's the word associate? For? I don't, yeah, associate, thank you. I don't associate the Inception score if I hear it separately to like the specific scenes outside of the, you know the horns, yeah. like the yeah. loud. Yes, I will not so, make the sound. This time. No, we're not making the sound, but <laughs> yeah. But in this one, definitely the score was was fantastic. Um, and and the visuals too is watching it a second time too. The fight scenes are even more impressive. I'm, I'm glad that he finally, as as he has progressed as an action director, his his fight choreography, whoever he's using or if he's using different people every time, I don't know. But his fight choreography, going all the way back to like Batman Begins to now, mm. is much better. For hand hand, you can actually follow the action. It's not all chopped up and, yeah. and zoomed in and hard to follow. But um, and it seems like this sort of there's sort of a trend now, I guess. Between I'm trying to think. So like, well, yeah, all the Batman films, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, all had some some kind of a vehicle chase scene, usually involving the Batmobile in some capacity. Right. Uh, Inception had that car chase part. Remember that? What I'm talking about with the taxi and the oh, train. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah the ending. And then uh, and even um. What am I thinking of? Uh, no, not Interstellar. But I was trying to say, most of the films do seem to have some kind of a car chase element incorporated into them. Now, this one... Interstellar does not. Yeah, this, yeah, <laughs> doesn't really, but this one might be the best, though. I, I love the way they shot it's this so car chase scene. It is so cool. And I what blew my mind... And this is where spoilers will come in a little bit here. So, what blew my mind in this part... So, to set up the the... the basic gist of the scene here so you have your protagonist and again i keep saying the protagonist because that is That's his name. name he doesn't have an actual name in the film he's called the protagonist imdb will tell you uh, yeah our main protagonist we call, him, we call him denzel jr if you want i don't know but <laughs> those who don't know he is denzel washington's son john david washington he's a really good actor i'm not gonna just call him denzel jr that's disrespectful but he is a good actor so and he's really good in this film he does all you can tell he does the stunts himself right he's, he's athletic enough that you know he can do the crazy like I, I think about it, like Inception, I'm sure what Paul wasn't DiCaprio doing most of the stunts. But yeah, for this one, so like I said, uh, <clears throat> doing a lot of the stunts himself, you can definitely tell it. It just frees up your camera work so much when you have an actor doing their own stunts. You yes. don't have to hide things behind, like hide camera angles and hide. For sure. Exactly. So, so this car chase scene. So they're trying to basically steal an item off of a, a convoy. Uh, like a, what do you call it? Like they're trying to hijack a convoy, so you have one of those like Brinks trucks, you know, like yep. an armored truck. Yep. So they're trying to hijack something out of that. So basically, they come up with this plan. They um, so our protagonist and, and Robert Pattinson's character Neil, they're in a, like a BMW chasing after this convoy. <clears throat> they they're incorporating like a fire truck and two other big like garbage trucks to kind of like box this vehicle in, and and then the main character is going to get on top of the fire truck, use the ladder, like the ladder is going to rotate over on top of the vehicle. He's going to land on the roof of the vehicle, blow a hole in the roof, climb down, grab the item out of the safe. Climb back up onto the fire truck into the BMW and escape. Right. Right. Good plan. <laughs> so, wonderful. so they get away in this BMW, and then now at this point, the Kenneth Branagh villain, his name is Andre Sator. Sator. What's how you say his last name? I think it's Sator. They call him Andre, but he's a Russian, you know, villain. So he, uh, at this point, he knows because he's because he's like from the future. He can communicate with the future, so he 
he can tell what's going to happen in the in the past, right? If he can using the inversion technology that they sort of introduced at this point in the film, so he knows this heist is going to happen already. So what he plans to do is he he basically he goes into one of these machines where he can, you know, invert invert the time and, and go back into the past and still interact with it. So he tells his he tells the current team to let the let the let the heist happen. But tell him exactly what happens. And then after they tell him, he's going to go in the machine, go back into the past as it's currently happening, and then try and get the item back that, they, uh, that yeah. they've stolen, right? So I love, so they're, so they're driving away in this BMW, our protagonists. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then they like they have a walkie-talkie because they were, they were listening in on the communications for this convoy team to see if anybody reported you know to the police or, or, to, the, or to the Andre character what had happened, right? So at this point, and I think they're, I can't remember what part of the country they're in. Or sorry, part of the world they're in another country, but <clears throat> I think like the the main character, like Neil says, he he can speak Estonian. I think it's, it's somewhere in in Europe, in Eastern Europe, I think. But so so they're driving this BMW, and then all of a sudden they hear some they hear some chatter, some some feedback on this walkie-talkie, and and it sounds. I mean, to you and I, it's not English, so to us, it just sounds like gibberish. Right. But and then uh, you know the protagonist says, Neil is like, what are they saying? And then he's like, I don't know. And then he's like, what do you mean you don't know? He's like, he says, you told me you speak Estonian. He's like. He's like, it's not Estonian. He's like, it sounds like, it sounds like it's backwards. Oh. And so you hear hearing backwards dialogue on the radio, and, that include, and then all of a sudden you see this um, SUV ahead, you black SUV ahead. It's just barreling backwards at them at full speed, right? right. And then this, this awesome car just happens where they, yeah. So the SUV is coming back to their point in time, and then it pull, it, it, it so it flips a one eighty and starts chasing them back in the same direction. So they're both going in the same, you know, linear direction, right? And then you know, there's a, and then so basically like the so the protagonist he has he has the item in the in the vehicle with him. He's got this plutonium item that the villain's trying to steal to make this super weapon, right? So the villain pulls up alongside them in this car, and then he kind of rolls down his window, and you can see that he's he's holding his the the Russian Andre is holding his wife at gunpoint because the protagonist at this point has sort of a romantic angle romantic angle going on with his wife. He wants to save her from from the bad guy. Um, so he's basically holding a gun at the wife's head and he's like giving him the three finger countdown like three two mm-hmm. one to give him the item where he's going to shoot the wife right so so they give him the item back and then and then uh <clears throat> they they end up crashing the vehicles and then the they they take the they take the protagonist character along with the uh the wife and, and andre they'll go back to this place where those time inversion machines are these turn styles if you want to call them and he basically interrogates uh so he's in, I'm trying to, how to explain this though. It's so hard. You can't visualize if you haven't seen the film. So I'm going to do a bad way, bad way of explaining this. But <clears throat> he's basically trying to interrogate the one character in the present and then pass the information on to the future him. And then he's going to go back in the turn style, go back to the current time, and then find out where where the because uh, even though he threw the item to the to the guy he actually hid it, part of it in the vehicle oh. so it's not so the guys go back to find out where he hid that item now so he's interrogating him through the wife like he shoots the wife <clears throat> trying to get the other protagonist to talk tell him where the item was and then that 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 sequence right there kicks off the whole crazy like last 45 minutes of this film which i'm not gonna get into detail here because i wouldn't do it justice and, and you're not really gonna be able to follow what i'm saying anyway without seeing it visually but i'm just gonna say yeah, the, for the, my first time seeing the last hour of this film, it definitely blew my mind in, in a way where I was like, I want to go home and research it, and like, <laughs> read, read up on theories, and just think about. Because again, it's just it's just it, it's uh, Nolan throws a lot at you in the last hour. It's a lot to absorb because he'll he'll throw these crazy concepts at you, and he, he doesn't dwell on them for more than a minute, minute and a half, and it's on to the next scene. Like the pacing in the last hour is just so quick that there's no time to breathe. Frenetic, I would it say, is yeah. so very frenetic. Um, but watching this for a second time now, I was definitely able to enjoy the last hour a lot more. 
uh, especially the last, the final sort of, I guess you want to call it the third act, the final climactic battle where you have what they call a uh, temporal pincer movement. So you have one team, you have the protagonist and these other army guys are, are, are doing, they have 10 minutes to complete this mission. So they're moving, they're moving forward in time on a 10 minute timetable. Okay. And the other team with Pattinson's character, Neil, they're moving, uh, they're, they're inverted. So they're moving backwards in that 10 minute window. So they're feeding each other information about how to, because they only have one shot really to get this, to steal this algorithm before the bad guy blows it up, which the main thing in this film, so this guy has this device that was created in the future. They call it an algorithm. Uh, it's basically, I don't know, there's a lot of sci-fi mumbo-jumbo in there, but <laughs> it's, it was created using some kind of nuclear fission and plutonium, and the idea behind it is that this device, when exploded, like when detonated, would um, would be able to reverse the whole entropy of the world. Oh, my goodness. So basically... Um, direction. Yeah, exactly, right? So basically everything on the world would be annihilated because yeah. you're, you're just reversing time. So... Um, yeah, so they, they say the idea is they have to steal this item before it blows up, and then they can... What's the point? You're not going to be remembered for that because everybody's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll say, too, like, the... Seeing this movie for the second time, too, the last 10 minutes of this movie are really emotional because of what happens with Pattinson's character. I'm not going to spoil what happens there um, because it's not, it's not going to be clear. I'm just going to say right off the bat, like, if you're expecting... Because in typical Nolan fashion, a lot of stuff is foreshadowed in this film. Uh, he, he does a lot of foreshadowing with the the Pattinson character. But um, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. I'm just gonna say it again. <laughs> if you want, if you haven't backed it up at this point, you're probably not going to. But so you don't really see Pattinson's character die at the end of this film. Um, but it's alluded that he's going to die because of something that happens with this reversing of time, right? And it leads back to the whole beginning of the film when the two characters met, and you didn't even know it yet. Like they met in this in the in the prologue of this film the first 10 minutes or so the two main characters meet during the first mission and that and then at the end of the film it's alluded to like he he mentions to the protagonist how they've known each other a long time and that that part of the movie blows your mind and you're thinking okay so the whole idea behind this is that everything that's in everything you're seeing in this film has already happened right they use this specific line in the film a few times pattinson's character specifically will say twice whatever whatever's happened happened we can't change that right but so the events we're seeing in this film have already happened from our future protagonist. Like we're basically seeing the past because Tenet was created in the future by him, and he 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 went back to his past self to 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 take over this mission so that it could go successfully, so that they they could stop this guy from the future from doing what he wants to do now to, to reverse the entropy or whatever. It's you confused <laughs> me, but that's fine. Yeah, and it, you know what? It's. <laughs> You, I've read enough Reddit theories and are just are, are even just like if you want YouTube right now, just type in 10 ending. There's gonna be like 800,000 videos on there explaining it, and they all pretty much say the same thing, but everybody has sort of a different take on it or a different way of explaining it. So it is not very it's not a very straightforward A to B type thing, right? There's definitely gonna be some interpretations in I there. Wonder what's the ending of Inception? Right, but uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I more thing about this film, the more I love it. I'll just say that uh, if you haven't seen it you know if you're on the fence I, and if you're on the fence for like you know covid reasons i get it if you don't go to the theater right now especially in the united states i can understand this, the skepticism or the fear um I mean, if you have a chance to go see that drive-in you know I, I mean oh my gosh is that available to drive-in um i'm not sure i think some are I, i've read people online saying they've seen it in drive-ins oh, i just don't cool. know what country they're in so but yeah i, I say see it in any way you can um i mean see it on a big screen if you can i mean if you really want to wait for it to come out on blu-ray or 4k you know that's great i mean if you have a great home theater setup i'm sure you'll still love that it's still gonna look great i mean 
I understand why Nolan pushed so hard for this to be released in theaters. I really did enjoy both of my experiences seeing this on a big screen. Um, like, I feel like if I had seen this at home for the first time, I would have loved the movie still. But I would be like, man, I wish I could have seen that on a... This would have been on your list of... Oh, <laughs> of, of regrets, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Are you see it one more time before... It I probably will see it one more time <laughs> at the end of the month. Yeah. I'll drag someone else to go see it. Um, maybe you... No, I, I well we didn't we tried this weekend, but it's like it was everybody was right, busy. right. I took my mom to see it. <laughs> yes, you did. You took your mom. <laughs> she liked that. it. <laughs> she was amazed that uh, at least the movie theater chains we have up here in Canada, the Cineplex, they for the last couple of years I think they've been serving. They serve alcohol now in the theaters. You know, you can get a beer or wine or cooler. So she, she, she when we were when we were walking towards the theater, she just saw a big advertisement for it outside. She's like, "Oh, they have alcohol here now." And I'm like, "Yeah, where are you? You've been living under a rock." I'm like, "You go to the movies like last year. You should have known this." But anyway, so she got like a Mott's Clamato. <laughs> Enjoyed the movie that yeah. much more. I, mean, I told you, like, I mean, it's you know, it's theater prices, so it's like nine bucks yeah, for a tall can of Mott's Clamato. Yeah, you said, "Why don't you just buy one else you be able to smuggle it in?" Right? But yeah, how all the good candy gets in. Exactly. But yeah. Um, I appreciate a movie like this that takes a big risk. Again, I, I mentioned this to you before. No one, no one but Nolan could have pulled this off because he has the clout to ask Warner Brothers for, give me $300 million. I, I, can you imagine trying to pitch this plot gener- like a gen- in a generic sentence, just trying to pitch the synopsis of this to a studio of executives in Warner Brothers? They'd be like, any other director, they'd be like, no. <laughs> but for him to like, well, yeah, because you... You can make it work. You basically made us like probably billion dollars off the Batman films yeah. and even like, you know, Inception, Interstellar, probably even Dunkirk were all profitable. So. I was thinking today, I, I had a random memory that at the end of Batman Dark Knight Rises, isn't there a Robin teaser? Well, by teaser, you mean that they drop his name? Yes. Like, it's implied that the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character is Robin at the end of Dark Knight Rises. But it's not really ever... By teaser, you're implying they're going to do, like, a separate film with him or yeah. something. But I don't think that was ever the intention. They just wanted to put I think it was just, an, just an Easter egg they threw That's in. That's not even yeah. funny. I know. It wasn't necessary, I didn't think. No. Because that it makes people think that yeah. something's coming. No, because I'm pretty sure, like, Christian Bale say he'll never come back as Batman. Well, probably, we don't need him. So, no. We need Robin. <laughs> no one cares about Robin. I care about Robin. <laughs> uh, I want Robin and Catwoman to go on an adventure. Mm, no. Oh, well, you're no fun. <laughs> Robin and Batgirl, maybe. Okay, fine. Okay. Yeah, so I think uh, that's all I got to say about Tenet for right now. Like I said, I could obviously... <laughs> I, I could do... this week. Yeah. No, I... I, I I, honestly, I think it's one of those films, as much as I would love to talk about it, uh, I really feel like it's better just to see it. Like, I can explain these scenes as, as off the top of my head verbatim as much as I can, but visualizing it is, is one different thing, right? And, and you, see it you, should, it. you should go in fresh. I mean, I, I'm i glad that they didn't give away too much in the trailers. Um, you know, most of the... You see some of the cool stuff in the trailers, like involving the plane crashing or the car chase scene or even some of the time reversal stuff towards the end of the film with like buildings blowing up and stuff but that's a small sample of the stuff you're gonna see in this film there's Jeez. a lot of cooler stuff um yeah so yes, your brain melting is, is <sighs> a great feature <laughs> i love it i love it i love it anyway uh we will call it we'll wrap this up now unless you have anything else that um talk no. anything else? we've failed at watching <laughs> ghibli again i so. know we gotta watch porco rosso eventually yes so that's our goal for next week now. <laughs> but Tyler sucks at goals, so Yes, I know. <laughs> so I'll be my my turn thirty three. I'm gonna turn over a new leaf. <laughs> oh, <this gosh>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. 
Okay. Well, anyways, thanks everybody for listening. As always, hope you appreciated this, the podcast. Hope you got something out of it. Uh, if if you were on the fence again about Tenet, I hope in the last two podcasts I've convinced you to go see it. <laughs> if it's if you're not you know concerned about health precautions, then by all means you know check it out. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I will see it a third time <laughs> for sure uh, this weekend. And after that, like I said, I, I think um, it's probably only two really two other films I really want to see the rest of this year in theaters would be the the new Kingsman movie, right? Which I think is out. I think I think it's out next month. I don't remember the exact date. And then uh, the James Bond, which is really like watching that Dune trailer today was like, wow, that's kind of trippy, and I want to see that. Yeah, Dune, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's they say they say December eighteenth, but I don't know. I have a feeling that's going to get pushed. That, no, don't jinx it. I, I don't want it to. But I just if it still comes out around around Christmas, I will see it for sure. Um, I love that director, and the cast is amazing. But uh, yeah, for sure, Kingsman, James Bond doomed on the short list um and that'll be it for 2020 i guess it's a very <laughs> very short list of a year okay what's the other movie you saw sonic in theaters yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway we are gonna sign off now so everybody stay safe out there and we'll be back next week so y'all thank you bye <laughs>